Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Speaking of waking up in a good mood and having a good morning, it's James's birthday today. So oh, hi. Happy birthday, James. We're recording Thanks, on a guys. Monday um, because James needed to, to change the usual day. Um, but, you know, at least he was late for it. So I mean, yeah, that is true. I was two or three minutes late this time, and I apologize for that. Um, okay. I had some things I was managing in my household. That said... I'm also enjoying one of my favorite treats, which if you follow oh on God. Instagram, you would that have is, seen. That is a decent birthday gift. Bro, mom bought like seven bags down. My mother is in town visiting. Uh, she's been here for the weekend, which has been lovely, except for the fact that she got sick. She kind of got a cold. Oh. And oh. so uh, so we've been we've been kind of laying low and, and kind of keeping inside a little bit. Um, and I've been playing nurse. Uh, but... It's okay because no, no, that's weird in a lot of in a lot of ways for a lot of reasons. But uh, but we've had ample amounts of time to eat all dressed chips. That's great. That's really nice. I started a new show last night. Um, what did you start? To, uh, Mosquito Coast. Oh, I've seen the ads for that. Is it any? What's yeah. that about? I don't even know anything about it. Um, it's hard. I don't know yet. I mean, we're three episodes in, and you still don't really know. It's this family who's on the run from something. And it's funny because they're running away from America to Mexico. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, no, not. I, I maybe funny is not the right <laughs> word, which is interesting because, like, part of the show is, or at least one of the episodes was them navigating people running from Mexico to America. Oh yes, like, it's a big, in the yeah. opposite direction. Right, right, right. They're going um, against the flow of traffic. Yes. Yeah. Salmon swimming up. So they river. were they were calling they were calling like the the guy right the. <clears throat> on the dark web that helps them cross the border. And they're like, yeah, you know, we're ready to go. And he's like, cool, meet us here. And they're like, no, no, we're, we're trying to get into Mexico. And he's like, huh? Just come. And they're like, you don't need me. Like, just, just come. You don't need to go on the dark web to yeah. get into Mexico. Yeah. And they're like, no, we can't. We did these criminal things and we had to change our identity. So we can't do that. But we don't really know what they did yet. So that's okay. So you don't know why they are fleeing America from Mexico. Not interesting. Yet. Three it's episodes in, you still don't know it's that. It's his family. It's yeah. it's a uh, husband, wife, and their two kids. So oh, that's that's interesting. Yeah. I uh, see. We've got a bunch of shows we need to start, but because Becky's been away, mm. we try to not like we could. We could no, be like, hey, just watch. It's but weird it's, to do it's, that. It's not the same, and because she's like, she works like sixteen hours. Like she doesn't have the time or energy to come home after a day on set and right. and watch shows. So, we like we haven't started the new season of Yellowstone yet. Mm. We haven't started the new White Lotus yet. Couples that you know set a time to watch television shows together are really weird, Tim. I think we lost Tim. Oh well, he'll enjoy editing this part. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the best. Talk some more about him that he's not going to know he said until he goes back to edit <laughs> you smell uh, get a haircut so yeah uh go to the gym oh wait you've started going to the gym congrats um, um i also feel like he if it's me he'll just cut that stuff out we don't oh, oh he can still hear us <laughs> 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 oh that's great um uh, i also i want it to be noted that i am on my 36th birthday wearing my hat backwards 
just to drive the point home to that backwards hat guy that said I was too old to wear a backwards hat. Now I'm even older and I'm still doing it. And you know what? I think I look great. 37th year. That's pretty uh-huh. cool. Pretty cool. As of like 5.30 something, I think. I was born at 5.30 p.m., give or take. So after that point, I will have completed 36 full years and i'll be in year 37 gross that's crazy that's a lot man yeah that's, that's, mm. that's a lot i'm starting well, to understand how you felt when i explained to you that 29 was really 30 yeah i mean you're I mean, essentially 40 i mean i'm closer to 40 than 30 that's true pretty much dead <laughs> <laughs> pretty much dead oh wow i mean I, uh, you could argue that you're closer to death than birth I mean, I would hope not. I mean, I feel like 80s pushing it. I mean, it's not, but it also is in a lot of ways. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, 36 times two is only 72. No, but you're in your 37th year. Okay, that's still not 80 if you double it. (laughs) So I really hope I'm not closer to death than I am to birth. But thanks, Jesus. aggressive morbid uh, i hope you're closer to shutting up than opening your mouth again Uh, yeah yeah unlikely um what'd you do this weekend well i was gonna talk about that okay we'll Uh, talk about it well i uh friday morning my alarm went off at 4 30 in the morning gross which was tough because i had to go to vegas so let me backtrack i had to go to vegas for the um, seventh time in 2022 six six which is Five, five too many. <laughs> four, four to five too many. And um, I was there for a Tag Heuer event. They were opening, reopening a store in the Crystals Mall. So that's the the new mall that was built as Where? part of City Center. Okay, so that's the one attached to Aria and everything. The, the nice one, the cool one. Um, I mean, they're all very nice and over my budget. But anyways, so they. Uh, oh, Tim's back. Hi. I was just going to come Hi, seamlessly Tim. in, but yeah, draw attention to it. I liked yeah. a little morality or a mortality <laughs> chat on, uh, yeah. On a, yeah. on a Monday, yeah. on, a, on a Monday. That's one of our birthdays. Let's just talk about death. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I've generally found is when you sing happy birthday, you know, at the end when some people add and many more, no one likes it. If you add a specific number <laughs> and, and 31 more. more. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at kids parties. I, I, so sorry, Alex, real quick sidebar. So we were, sitting in the kitchen this morning, my mom and I, and um, she like is trying to understand. I've got one of the Alexa, like the screen ones. I don't know what it's called. Echo, I think. No. What's it called, Tim? The one with the screen? Echo show. Sure. Whatever. It's got a screen. And it's like telling you the temperature and what you got on today and all this stuff, whatever. And she's like really struggling with it. And um, she was like, well, it doesn't know it's your birthday, does it? Or it doesn't know how old you are, does it? I was like, I don't know. I go, Alexa, how old's James Hinchcliffe? And she's like, James Hinchcliffe is 36 years old. And then she's like, that's creepy. She goes, yeah, but it won't sing happy birthday to you, will it? And she goes, Alexa, sing happy birthday to James. And she sings happy birthday. I look, and mom's like, I'm out. I don't like this. This is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Vegas, 4.30. Did you just mute yourself to cough? He I just, did. Yeah, he just, that was really yeah, impressive. Was professional thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're welcome. I'm, I'm, I'm a media guy now. I'm Big a media F1 guy. guy. Big F1 guy. <laughs> so huh, anyway, so went to Vegas to open the store. Um, unfortunately, like I don't know why Southwest does this. They're kind of. It's like you have two options: direct from Indy to LA or to Vegas. Either leave at 6 a.m. and arrive at 7:40 a.m. Or leave at 8 p.m. and get there at 9:30. It's like, where's the 10 a.m. flight? Like, ne- neither of those are like are useful times, right? No. Like nobody wants to land in Vegas at 7:40 in the morning, and no one wants to get to Vegas after you can go to dinner or a show right. or anything. Like right. it just it's it it's for business logical. people. It's not for people that are. It's it's for people that have a nine o'clock meeting in Vegas but don't want to spend the night there. So they fly it in the morning, do their meetings, and then fly Fine. home. So but, then have then have another one because they're they're all sold out. Like everyone's a, going to Vegas. Have a nine thirty. Right. Have a nine. Have a ten o'clock. Yeah. Have a noon. You. I don't care. Yeah. So, anyways, so I couldn't I couldn't get on the nighttime flight. I wasn't gonna because I'd missed the event. I wasn't gonna go in the night before. To your point, James. So it was like, well, buckle up. I'm landing at seven forty in the morning. And so I took a I took our buddy Bobby with me, and um, for us it was an interesting adventure. So as soon as we landed, I started the timer. And we were we were in quite a conundrum because it's like, what do you do in Vegas, right? For 10 hours prior to the event. 
but stay sober. Do you want me to answer that? Oh, yeah, that's right, because you've got... Right, right, because I, I mean, I had to be, you know, professional, functioning, yeah. functioning for this event. So did here's you, what... Here, did, did you could you consider going to one of those, like, 2295 all-you-can-eat breakfast buffets? We did. Did consider. you actually go to it? Oh, okay. We did not go. Okay. So we had a reservation. It w- was, like, touted as the best brunch spot in Vegas. It was at the Wynn. We walked there, immediately left. It was not our, our scene. Was um, it a bit, bit showy? Bit showy, bit mm-hmm. showy, and so then we kind of got a snack at um, at at the win and kind of came up with a plan. And our plan was we we're gonna do gambling bingo. <laughs> and what that is is every <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like it's out of National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. No, no. So what we did was Bob was was on the hunt for some items, right? And so he was like, if I get up 300 bucks, I'm going to go buy myself sunglasses. If I get up 800 bucks, I'm going to go buy Rachel a birthday present. If I get up 1500 bucks, I'm going to go do X. I like how the first tier was him. Well, in his defense, he wanted to get his wife a nicer gift than he wanted to get himself. Yeah. But like, so like, would he get to 300 and then get the glasses and then it resets? And then if he gets oh, yeah, to 800, he had to get he had to get to 1100 to get him get okay. Rachel yeah. something. Yeah. So interesting. Bobby. We, um, we, at the, after we <laughs> had our coffee, guy. after we had, we, uh, we, uh, had our coffee, we were like, okay, well we can do this. So we played some, some craps at the win, got up 300 bucks. Sweet. Left. He wanted to see resort world had never been since it opened. We kind of did a lap there, played some games there and, and made like a hundred dollars more. So we were good. So we got in an Uber, went to the store that he wanted to go to for his sunglasses and bought his sunglasses. Awesome. Um, then we kind of walked around a little bit, had lunch, had an early lunch because we hadn't eaten at this point. Um, had, a, had a great sushi lunch and walked somewhere else and got up $800. So we okay. didn't go car number two. Went to the store to buy Rachel something. I'm not going to in case she listens. Didn't Highly unlikely, but still. <laughs> didn't have anything that she would particularly want. Okay? So then it's like, all right, well, it's 1 o'clock-ish now. The event's at 6. At one point, we should probably have a nap because we woke up at 4.30 in the morning. So we were like, we're going to nap at 3. We're going to nap at 3. And, you know, make sure that we're rested, we're presentable, we're in good shape, we're hydrated because everything was... It was going to be a long night. So we went to the Cosmo, um, had a cocktail there, and uh, played some more and won more money. And we were thinking, man, we, we are great at this. And so we were staying at, at the Aria, which is across the street. And we were like, okay, let's what, what go. What were you to, playing? We were playing mostly craps. Okay. Mostly craps. Because I just I remember a friend of ours in a group chat was showing off his success at the casino that weekend uh, on I slots. Went to, I went to High Limit Slots. Did not work. Didn't work, huh? Because he was well, killing it. So here's the next part of the story. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We went to the final casino. Mm-hmm. And we were like, man, we've beat three casinos. We are mm. great. We are great at this. I feel yeah. like I see where this is going to go. Yeah, yeah. No, this is yeah. where every gambling I mean, story ends up. Yeah. <laughs> so we went to the Aria. And Bob is convinced to this day that the craps tables at the Aria are shorter. Because he, all of a sudden... He would know. He, all of a sudden... <laughs> could, uh, <laughs> Could only That's a like height joke. roll sevens, and so we were like, "Oh well, yeah." So it got to the point where we we and that's sorry, that's bad and crap. Yeah, okay. well, um, we first had to. It's good, then it's bad. No, it's mostly bad. This is why if you roll a seven before to, you put a number on the board, everybody wins. Yes, yes, Tim. But that's, that's also when you have like the minimum bet down. So yes, it's good yeah. when you have the fifteen dollars down. But when you have three hundred dollars on the table, it's not good. So yeah, no, no one really enough. cares if you get in the beginning. So, um, <clears throat> anyways, we both lost everything that we were on. <laughs> but sorry, Rachel. But Bob got some sunglasses, <laughs> and we technically played on Vegas's dime. We played games for almost six hours on Vegas's dime, like did not spend a penny. And so like at the end of the day, we went to the event, we sold a significant amount of watches at the Tag Heuer opening. We went to dinner with some VIP customers from Tag. You got some sunglasses. 
got some sunglasses. We slept for seven hours. We were on the 8 a.m. flight out of Vegas in order to get home for Bob's sister-in-law's wedding reception thing. So we landed at 2.30. Wedding was at 4. Went home, showered, changed, got in the car, met at the wedding reception, continued drinking um, until about 11-ish. And then um, had a great evening, celebrated with the family, came home, um, and then met up yesterday and watched some football. And uh, here we are today on a Monday. So, guys, that's how you do a weekend. He flew home from Vegas and landed (laughs) two hours before he had to be at a wedding? Well, like a wedding. So this wasn't the wedding. So the wedding was in Florida, and it was seven people. It was like literally just right. So this was the reception. This was the only part that people were invited to. Correct. So this was everyone else. And he got home on a flight two hours before. Two oh, and a half hours before. An hour, no, there. an hour and a half. Oh, hour and a half. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 2.30 and 4. Got it. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, hey, we pulled it off. We did We did a great job, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sounds yes. like it. Wait, did yeah. you go to the wedding? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wait, whose wedding was it? Jenna's. Oh, oh, okay. I'm like, he, he nearly, oh my God. Rachel let him go to <laughs> Vegas with you for 24 hours and laid an hour and a half before her sister's wedding reception. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. She had an immense amount of faith in us. Wow. Yeah, no, that's. Arguably misplaced. No, I mean, hey, you made questionably misplaced. No, no, but we we executed at such a high level. I was so proud. I've never. Here's the thing. I've never left Vegas in a position to where, like, on the plane, I wanted a cocktail. Like, we were so well behaved and you not hung over, and you weren't in the red. Right. So that's I. A good trip that, that's like the best. And I mean, do you, you want to know why? Because you were only there for twenty two and a half hours. Correct. <laughs> You're honestly. Absolutely right. And the and fact that I, I had an event. Right. Yes. Yeah. If yeah, like if had, you don't... had had the event been at noon, had it been yeah. a lunch event? <laughs> not the and same. Then, and then you started at four. And yeah. Right. Very yeah. different. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That was a perfect Ooh. storm for you guys to survive that. Yeah. But still, to land in Vegas at 745 and to have nothing to do till six, like that's a that's still a daunting mountain to climb. Can I ask if there was a flight option that had a connection but would have been a later leave and a reasonable arrival and it just you would have flown for longer but not been just dawdling around Vegas for like 12 hours? What's the fun in that? Okay, I was just I was just checking. I was just making sure. But you sound like Kelly. <laughs> you could you could leave at noon like and stop in and stop in wherever and get yeah. there at 4. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, that's that's I mean, I mean, yeah. Why would I do that when I could land in Vegas at seven forty-five in the morning? Yeah, I tell you, you see some things. You so wait, see some yeah, you see a lot of people coming home at seven forty-five yeah. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So wait, when you left, when you bailed on the brunch spot, where did you end up eating breakfast? We we just had a snack. We didn't no. actually eat breakfast; just a coffee and a pastry. Did you have lunch? Yeah, yeah, we had sushi. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds good. That sounds it's like a actually, fun. That's kind of cool. I yeah. think all future Vegas trips, I'm going to try and do in under 24 hours because uh-huh. it's like you're in and out. You have the fun. You do the things you need to do, and like you leave before any bad anything bad can happen. It's yeah. It's not a bad. It's not a bad theory. And like with the Southwest direct flight, again, first thing in the morning, and then first thing in the morning, you just get on both of those flights, and it's just like a day trip. It's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, wasn't bad. I mean, when I go back in March, I'm going to try and do that. <laughs> All right, let me know. I want to give this a whirl. I want to okay. see how 24 oh, hours goes. Yeah. Whirl. Tim, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, I went anyway, so anyway, so the thing about... <laughs> I, I Weekend was quite counter to Alex's. Uh, Hazel, her birthday's at the end of the month, so we're usually in Indianapolis for it, so she's never like had a birthday party out here with her friends. So Oh, nice. We did a birthday party four weeks before her birthday but uh yeah so it was, it was fun she's obsessed with that greatest showman movie so it was all circus themed and then invited all the the other girls in her class back to my place for a slumber party which was a daunting experience have me. you ever have you ever had to deal with that many children all no. at once oh so wait and how like, many kids were there 
It was only five. So, so it was like you odd. had five seven-year-old girls. On well, Hazel's turning party. nine, but yes. Oh, good lord! Can you tell her to? She's nine. She will be at the end of this month. She's currently um, eight. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> so. I My thought like Lord. I thought I figured out how to do it, and I was even like bragging to people that it was easy because I was like, they were kind of tired from the party, came back here, they were running around in the apartment. I had the telescope set up. They all looked at the different planets. Eight o'clock, I put on a movie. At ten o'clock, I said, okay, I had two air mattresses set up down here for them. I was like, okay, you guys can stay up talking, but you you can't get out of your bed. Like you have to get in your beds, and you know you can talk as long as you want, but that's the rule. And they were asleep by 10.30. I was like, I f- solved it. No problem. I could host one of these every weekend. Until? Until they got up at 6. <laughs> <laughs> and I had another four hours, and they were full of energy and loud as could be. It was. <laughs> so are you saying you didn't also go to bed at 10.45? Oh, I actually did. I was, oh. <laughs> like, I, I was, I was asleep. But What's your still... Seven hours of sleep. Relax. That's a good okay. night. It, yeah, you say that until you hear five people at the top of their lungs screaming and running around the house. Yeah, you don't want that. Like, Can I get a water? And then all five want water. It's like, oh, I want a bagel. Okay, well, now I'm making five bagels. Oh, no, I want this instead. And it's just like, it was it was rough. It was a traumatic morning. <laughs> so, wait. So, everyone slept in the living room? Yeah. Okay. And you have five air mattresses? No, I have two. Well, I I have a queen air mattress, and I borrowed a neighbor's queen mattress. Oh, they're all, they're small enough, like three yeah. on one bed, two on the other. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Well, good job. You kept everyone alive. Everyone probably <laughs> had a great time. That's really all you can ask for. Hazel yeah, thinks I mean, you're I, the coolest dad ever. At that point, it's that's really what it's all about is making sure that all the lives that came into the house <laughs> walk out of the house. And that's I had, like I had told some of the the other like parents i was like you know if you want to hang for a bit we i have like the table outside with the fire thing and and uh so so some of some of the parents were hanging out and i, I brought them out a couple beers and a glass of wine or whatever they they'd asked for They're like tim you're not drinking i was like i'm responsible for five children I yeah know. <laughs> <laughs> Do i grew know up with what? three older brothers somebody always needed to be able to drive to the hospital so that was my job <laughs> smart this is kind of like what we're going to experience, James, here in about 10 days. Did you, you guys have to, re- you have to remind me what's happening? Know about? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> like, we nope. are responsible for all not. of the lives that, nope. that, that arrive down there. Get nope. out. Nope. We kind I, of are. You guys are, of course, talking about a bachelor party. A bachelor party. Yeah. And to which we are, by a mile, the oldest people there. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, that, that well, makes me by like a country mile because I'm a no, good chunk older than you are. Oh, Mr. no, because yeah, Mr. Burton yeah. will be there. So. CB's there. He's got yeah. me by a bit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Alex, before James decided to grace us with his presence because he was a couple minutes late because he's Mr. F1, you and I were talking I've about been late for years. <laughs> so don't throw this on me. Uh, Alex, you're talking about you have to go get your IndyCar physical today, and you told a kind of funny story about a, a mishap you had at one of your physicals well i don't know i don't know it's a mishap i mean you you started by being like hey do you remember the time that you showed up so hungover they questioned like your decision making and i was like well that wasn't just me i mean i think james <laughs> was involved in that like there was a group that there was, was there was a was, year <laughs> there was a year <laughs> okay all right Put a backstory. Put a backstory. I was I wasn't even talking about this one. By no, the way. I know, I, I know. <laughs> well, get. I want to hear what you were saying because obviously I missed it being late. Um, but no, there there was a year. So yeah, so the IndyCar, we had your physicals right for your license, and they always happen in conjunction with the yearly meetings that we hold. Sometimes it's in January, sometimes in December, or whatever. So all the drivers are in town. Everyone goes to these meetings, and everyone gets their physicals over like a two day period. One year, a few of us decided that because I mean it's a very it's a very thorough physical, draw blood, do all the stuff, whatever. And so one one of our colleagues was like, "Man, we should see who can have the highest blood alcohol content <laughs> when we take our blood in the morning." <laughs> so this is actually no, an amazing competition. It's good. You can't put like ten. Like athletes, competitive-minded people in a room at night and have that be the challenge. I don't. I think three of them didn't even make it to the physical. 
Quitters. It was so funny. It was so funny. So oh, okay. So wait, what happened to you? No, I mean you've heard this story. This was my first year of getting the IndyCar physical, and I showed up, and and there was just a miscommunication because they have your the kind of bed thing, but it's it's a curtain because it's not an individual room. Like there's kind of three beds. You I think, got in naked, the room. didn't you? A hundred percent. But you know this. So they were like, all right, just take your clothes off and we'll be right in. And I was like, that's weird. But like, I had been told that like the physicals were very detailed. Like there's an EKG and there's just a lot more than goes on in your normal, like just yearly checkup. And I'm going to just jump in here and say, no guys, they don't do that. I, it's thorough. It's not that thorough. Right. Cause I know right. everybody's thinking it, but yes, yeah, I was, yeah, I was wondering. Um, <clears throat> Well, apparently there's supposed to be like these little blue, you know, doctor shorts in the room. Um, and well, there was, there wasn't like they forgot to put them there. So I was, I just, I thought I had to be naked and I thought it was really weird that there wasn't like a towel or, and I didn't, I don't know why. Well, you, like, had I was, gown, I was little, right? you had the gown to put on. Uh-uh. He's saying the gown wasn't in there. Oh, the there gown was wasn't. There was nothing had, there. Oh, right. Cause it's normally just the, sh- oh the yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Okay. Dude, okay. There was nothing. Yeah. So I left. <laughs> Here's what's weird. Like I was nervous and I, I was like trying to make sure I was doing everything right. So I took everything off except my socks. And so I was just laying on the bed. <laughs> and I was fully also expecting it to be a dude doctor and it wasn't. <laughs> and she was like, Oh my God, do you, do you want shorts? And I was like, is that an option? <laughs> oh my god yeah that was yeah that is that is just comedy gold so i I haven't made that mistake and you know what hipaa violations be damned i bet she has told everybody she knows that story (laughs) a hundred percent hundred percent that's totally fair i wouldn't begrudge that that no, no, i don't that hold it against her that's that's, that's so good so um, what was so funny man about back in the day so the way the rules used to work in indycar you would you know there's a minimum car plus driver weight that you have to pass every time the car's on track basically and so what they would do is they weigh the car every time it comes off track you know for an official session qualifying the race whatever <clears throat> but they would just add your driver weight to that. The driver doesn't have to be present for that. If you watch F1, you'll see they always get out of the cars and they go stay on a scale and park Ferme before they, whatever. There was a time in any car where <clears throat> how they did that was they took your weight during your physical, um, which is usually in January or December, and then they just applied that number to the car number every time it crossed the scale. Well, <clears throat> needless to say, this opens up a massive avenue for drivers. Spot. Right, to manipulate this system. And so what would happen is the season would end and you would spend the next three months doing <clears throat> nothing but strength training. You do no cardio whatsoever. And then in the, in the three weeks sort of build up to, uh, to your physical, you would just start an animal. I mean, you would, th- that you would be consuming 6,000 calories a day. The week of, you started water loading like an animal. And then you would go in, you try to get an early slot because you would wake up, you wouldn't pee, you wouldn't go to the bathroom, you'd just be chugging water on the way to the, to the hospital. And then you would go do your way in first, then you'd let yourself go pee, and then you'd go on with it. And then you spent from the physical until the first race just cutting every ounce of weight you possibly could, nothing but cardio, letting some of your muscle mass go away, whatever. And it ended up, you know, you ended up having this very aggressive cycle of like body fluctuations and it was super unhealthy. And uh, mercifully, they've changed it now and they weigh us every weekend. Um, But at the time, so you did all that stuff already that was like just insane and very unhealthy and whatever. But, you know, again, super competitive. Everybody tried to do it. But the best were the stories of people that were trying to just like straight up cheat and like there was one driver at a time who showed up with uh, boxer shorts that were like lined with lead shot. They like <laughs> cut the seam and like poured lead shot in so he could gain an extra like two or three pounds in his boxers. But like he couldn't walk too fast or they would just like fall off. Of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a wild time. Wild time in IndyCar racing. Yeah, no one, no one uh, puts lead shot in their boxers anymore. Just a sock. Now it's just the sock or yeah. like it's the, the best was one. So like now they weigh you 
when you get out of the car after first practice on Friday, you have 15 minutes from the checkered flag um, to go to tech and get weighed in. And uh, <clears throat> when this, this rule first came in, that would be your wait for the weekend. And when this rule first came in, drivers were like, like soaking themselves with water, like like soaking their suit with what's pouring water all over their suit before they go. So that the suit would weigh a bunch more and you would weigh more and you chug water when you get out of the car to try to get that extra half a pound in or whatever. It's still silly, but uh, not as bad as it was when we were having to, you know, spend three months gaining weight and then three months losing it. Now you just do that because it's the holidays. Now you just yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. the good part though, right? That was the good part because like it used to be in January, so you had all of November and December through all the holidays. Like, watch just this. be a complete degenerate, man. Just eating so much food, six pack of beer a day, just all the useless empty calories you possibly could. <laughs> it was great, but it was that phase of my life where I realized that getting out of shape was a lot more fun than getting back in it. Well, honestly, that's <laughs> that's what made Connor fall in love with being an IndyCar driver. <laughs> That freedom over the holidays to just go nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, somewhat racing related, we've had uh, a driver announcement come out. We have. Marcus, Marcus Armstrong is going to be racing in the fourth Chip Ganassi racing entry, which is now the 11, no longer the 48, on a road and street course only program. I did not know that. Yeah. So, uh, F2 is, driver. And so, is there an oval driver for that car? It has not been announced, but there are rumors afloat that there will be an over, oval driver for that car. Is the is Jimmy a candidate? Uh, no? no. So, Jimmy's no. done. Jimmy appears, appears to be done. Okay. He is comfortably moved into team ownership on the NASCAR side with Petty Enterprises, which is very good for him. For him. Um, what else has happened? Uh... There was something else I wanted to talk about. I forget what it was. Oh, I don't know. I mean, this might get shot down quick, but like, did you read the whole story about Mattia, Bonato, and Ferrari getting canned? Didn't read a story. I just... Well, like you heard about it, right? I saw his resignation quote. Right. How do you, how do you like, how do you, do you have a feeling about that? Do you, do you care at all? Um, <clears throat> do I care? No. Do I have a feeling? Yeah. I mean... I think that he didn't deserve to keep his job. Do you? Okay. So here's my argument on this, okay. right? This is a team that's known for burning through team principles, right? Sure. Which has yielded them probably less success in the last 20 years than they would like. Okay. So Mattia came in in 2019, okay? 
So 2019 season, you can't really put anything on him because all that stuff's already done, right? Mm-hmm. 2020, Ferrari was sixth in the Constructors' Championship. Okay. okay. 2021, they were third. 2022, they were second. So if you graph out his time at Ferrari, it looks very positive, mm-hmm. right? They had by far more competitive car. Yes. They had a few issues that need to be addressed. Fine. Um, they had some pretty big strategic errors this year. He's not calling strategy. They have strategists for that. You're right. I, here's the thing. <clears throat> I think, unfortunately, their errors weren't engine failure. I mean, they had engine failures. Their errors I mean, weren't... science went through six engines. Right. Th- their errors weren't chalked up to, you know, that's motorsports. I think their errors appear to be so unforced and yes. so frequent and so obvious to the public and Ferrari and the more the Italian um, kind Media. of pride that's associated oh. with that brand, right? And how much scrutiny, scrutiny they're under, even when things are going well from the Italian public. I think it was not necessarily all deserving to him, but they, as a corporation, had to do something as a, as a demonstration of we're making an adjustment, right? Which is why I think that it went in the way that it did. They didn't fire him. They didn't, because I, I do believe that there's a lot of people at Ferrari that do respect him and do appreciate the job that he did. He seemed like oh, a really sure. good guy. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was two things. A, Ferrari needed to make some sort of gesture. And B, he was probably sick and tired of being kind of at the in the in the crosshairs of all this for sure being aimed for he's he's an engineer right he's an engineer by trade and and i don't know a single engineer that's good at reading stories about themselves in a negative light and that's not a, that's not a criticism that's just like that's human nature right but my point is <clears throat> he's personally not the one calling strategy right the engine reliability issues that they had there's a there's a there's actually a strategy to this. The way the F1 rules are written, you your engine gets homologated, but you can make adjustments based on reliability, right? So Alpine did this too. You push the boundaries for power because then you can make adjustments for reliability. You can't do it the other way around. So by the end of the season, their engine was a lot more reliable, and and I think for next year it's going to be even more powerful because of that. You have Red Bull that's going to be significantly hampered in their development for next year because of A, finishing first in the Constructors' Championship, and then B, the penalty that they've caught for the cost cap violation. You've got Charlotte, you've got one of the strongest driver lineups in, in F1, probably only second to Mercedes. He's been on an upward trajectory. He's not the guy calling strategy. So give him no. the offseason to make an adjustment to the team. Because like nobody was talking about strategy blunders in 2021, 20, right? They were talking about it this year. Fine. Give him an off season to figure it out and put the right people in place. And if it then keeps happening, fine. He openly said like, he's not the kind of manager that was going to just ax people and change up the lineup on the pit wall in the middle of the season. And I frankly agree with that. I don't think that is the right move in that kind of environment, but like the fact that they just chopped the head off a guy that's been there for 28 years and has shown an upward trajectory in car pace. He's he's, he got rid of Vettel and signed Carlos signed Charles long, long term. Like he's had a vision for the team that everybody seems to buy into, but it's like someone in like upper, upper Ferrari ownership didn't think it was right. Or the Italian media put too much pressure on them or something. But I just don't think he was the right guy to move because there was no obvious successor either, which is a huge concern. And like, you got to give him, look, it took Jean Todd five years to win a championship with Ferrari. And he had Michael Schumacher and Ross Braun. And then look what happened. I think 2023 gives them the best chance they've had in a long time when you look at all the different pieces. Now, maybe there's something behind the scenes that we don't know, but when you look at the public information, it does seem like this was a premature and potentially misstep. I don't know. I feel yeah, bad. I, I don't because I, I, I feel bad for him. I don't, I, 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 but I'm, I'm a firm believer of the fact that there, there is a good reason for it. Like you don't, as much as they're a passionate group, that they're a group that deems public image and pride as a high priority, it's Ferrari. Like they're not idiots. So like I, I would I would kind of go back to your point of him being an engineer by trade and all of this kind of coming out about 
the struggles and everything being so obvious to everyone, like, was he personally losing confidence in his ability, right? And was the team seeing that as well? Like, you, there's the issues that we know Charles and him had. Like, Charles couldn't stand him. At least that's kind of the yes, information yeah. we were being told. Right. So. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, like, who knows? There's always, more, there's always more to it, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is what it is. Huh. What do you think, Tim? <laughs> yep. Uh, I can't comment on it because I'm up for the job. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Really going outside. What do you think, uh, Horner? You think Horner could go there? Like, God rest his soul, but why not? I know Christian doesn't like a lot of people that he works with. That is that is true. And I think his <laughs> primary relationship was with Dr. Mattishitz. He wasn't with us anymore. Yep. R.I.P. I mean, um, everyone in, in all of motorsports, whether you're a driver, mechanic, engineer, like working for Ferrari sounds pretty cool. It it does, except it comes with all that stuff you were just talking about, right? Like that absolutely relentless media attention back in Italy and the pressure that comes along with that. Like he's a made man at Red Bull. He literally is, has helmed that ship since it came to F1 as like the youngest team principal in history. And he's done pretty well when you consider it. I mean, as as much as Red Bull is, you know, Dietrich's dream and everything that that exists there is because of him. In a lot of ways, it really is the house that Christian built. And uh, I just, I just, I don't know if you would be willing to leave a place that was literally built by you and around you in a lot of ways to step into the hornet's nest that can sometimes be you know, the Ferrari team, it's, it's interesting. Well, sure. But I mean, I think we see this with a lot of people in sports, right? They've got this thing going and they've had all the success. One new challenge. Watch this. I can do this. I can do this anywhere. I mean, that's always, that's always one of the, the things that I think is interesting about drivers, right? I mean, a driver that can win a championship in multiple different teams, I think is, I mean, that's a pretty rare and pretty special thing. Hmm. Um, you know, like you can't you can't really hold it against Scott because he's only driven for one team, <laughs> really. Like he did one season or whatever with Pac West, but he's been with Ganassi for so long. But yeah, but who's who is an example of a guy who's well Dario, I think, was the last one. No, but even in F one. Oh, in F one? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, like it's Alonzo came super close, but never quite did it. I you could say yeah, I guess Hamilton, right? Because he did McLaren and Mercedes. Okay. Um but obviously Vettel never did it. He came close with Ferrari. Reichen, but Reichen should have because he, he should have, have. He should have won, have won with McLaren. McLaren. Yeah, multiple for sure. times. Um, um, so yeah, again, and an exceptional talent. Hmm. Um, you know, like Hackenden was one. Schumacher did with two different teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird that it's more enough one than it is IndyCar. Well, let's think back, right? I mean. I think part of it is once you get to a championship caliber team, you tend not to leave. Right. True. That's, that's kind True. of the difference, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, that's a good point. like Joseph's got two championships with Penske. I mean, I could very, very easily see him end his career with Penske. That would probably, that's the most likely scenario. It's probably what he's thinking too. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, like if he that's left neat. and went to a Ganassi or an Andretti or a McLaren or whatever and did it again, I think it'd be more, it'd almost be more impressive than just yeah. like a third or fourth with Penske. So it's, yeah, it's, and it's an interesting thing. And I honestly think that's one of the things that Scott's thought about in the past is like, he's got no reason to leave Ganassi. Right. Other than like, man, it'd be really cool to say that I did it somewhere else as well. You know, like I wonder if that's ever something that's motivated him to look elsewhere. It would certainly make him quite an exceptional sportsman. Yes. <laughs> yes. And he's also an incredible athlete. I mean, unfortunately <laughs> for all of us, yeah. yeah. He's got <laughs> both those things. Yeah, he sure does. But yeah. you At know least he's got a perfect family life too. Yeah. He's got a perfect family and he's he's, you know incredibly intelligent and good looking and at least he's really really nice also God, he's also just the nicest guy god damn yeah. it hmm. scott we love you <laughs> it's got weird there at the end yeah, nope. good for you pal good for you, good for you. <laughs> keep up the great work yeah love loving your work big fan big fan um well guys we've got five minutes left what else i watched die hard yesterday on the bike 
it it's not a Christmas movie, guys. It's a Christmas movie. Guys. Come on. Oh yeah, hold on, hold on. Sorry. We do actually we do have to bring this up. We sh- very and I tweeted about this. We shamefully left Christmas Vacation out of the discussion last week about best Christmas movies. But yes, we I was I was alerted on Twitter and Instagram by numerous people that we left that one out and they're absolutely correct. That one is a great one. And to make up for my sins, to atone for my sins, mom and I did watch it the other day just to reiterate that it is one of uh, one of our tops. And it's, it's also worth know, noting about Christmas. Somebody pointed out that we, we were dismissive of A Christmas Story, despite it being the only Christmas movie that mentions the Indy 500. Does yeah, it really? It's it still a terribly boring yeah like movie. it was okay but oh i, I got one of those that i have to watch i got a lot of people asking alex if you had the original miracle on 34th street or the new miracle on 34th street um in color or black and white i mean oh uh, both are still great like i don't know that i mean do you I would, default one or the other well i grew up watching black and white because mm-hmm. it was on vhs um I, since I have, you know, no longer had a VHS player, I do watch the new one, the color version that's on, you know, Apple TV and can be streamed. Right, right. But I would not watch the VHS one if I had a VHS player. Speaking of VHS, I just, I just read an article that was something, I lie, I read a headline of an article and I was so upset about it that I refused to continue about someone saying that like, oh, cassette tapes are making a comeback. No, they're not. Okay, this is not like people buying vinyl because it sounds cassette tapes and like they objectively sound sound terrible. They're awful. They were they were only convenient because you could rewind them and play them in your car, which is not Mm -hmm. something you could do with anything up to that point. Like, well, I guess eight tracks, but I don't know. Not convenient. Not convenient. That thing had to be in the trunk. You know, like that made cassette tapes viable. I get it. They had a place in history. They were great. But like to all these, I don't know who to, I'm just, this is a complete, just gross assumption that it's some like hipster movement to get cassette tapes cool again. It feels like it probably is. Yeah, they're not. And they're not going to be. And no one has a cassette player anymore. And no one wants to have a cassette player anymore. They don't sound good. They suck. Stop. Just stop it. Stop so it. So this weirdly brings up something that I was thinking if about it, the if other it, day. If it comes, sorry, Tim, but if it comes back like in a big way, would my Blockbuster card still be active? Somebody told me that they're actually reopening a single blockbuster location as like a nostalgic thing, and you can Isn't go rent still, DVDs. I thought and stuff. there is one open still. I oh, think maybe. it was like in Alaska. I don't know if it yeah. still is. I think there's uh, one. Yeah. No, I, so I was thinking about this the other day. Um, my mom and I were driving back from the airport in Indianapolis with Hazel, and I was pointing out. I go, "Oh yeah, that's where the blockbuster used to be. Like, we would go there on Friday and rent out a movie for the weekend, that kind of thing." And my mom was getting a kick out of me being nostalgic about that because she was like, yeah, I remember when like VHSs were invented. And I was like, what did you do before VHS if you didn't Betamax. see it in theaters? Or before Betamax, before that, if you didn't see it in theaters, she was just like, you, didn't see you, just, you just didn't see that movie. <laughs> like you, you had to hope that somebody would buy the TV rights and you'd see it a few years later. And like you just missed it. You just didn't see it. So and that was kind of weird for me. Yeah. On your on your hipster point, James, you're mm. absolutely right because the only blockbuster in existence is in Bend, Oregon. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, well guys, um, James, thanks for joining us on your birthday. Have an amazing day in your 37th year. Thank you. Your first day of your 37th year, Tim. Go back to bed. Looks like you need it. Gonna. Yep. And to all. <laughs> Of our listeners, thanks for bearing with us for another wonderful 40 to 45 minutes of your and James, day. Do something nice for your mom. You know, this is more her day than yours. Honestly, she did more than you did. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah, I barely showed up. You I showed up late. The whole time. <laughs> I bitch the whole time. I wasn't even breathing out of protest. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how many baths they had to give you that day? Oh, actually, James, I had a morbid thought the other day, just right before we go. Yeah, well, we started with that, the whole death thing. So let's yeah. get into it. On your tombstone, when you eventually yeah. pass away, can you put in directions that it's like what, the year you were born, dash, 2015, 
dash, dash yeah the year that you you finally do die that's actually yeah that's actually that's not a bad idea that's kind of funny <laughs> that would be a nice like a nice like parting joke yeah um, I mean, you died a little so bit right what uh what uh, i would put it in brackets yeah <laughs> what was making you think of james's tombstone like a christmas gift yeah like, just buy him a coffin or something and yeah, if you want to prepay more. my headstone, that would be <laughs> terrific. I don't. Oh, well, <laughs> unless you want a really small headstone. I don't know why I, I thought about it. it. I, often it think about, I often think about James's death and get happy. So it was probably that. And I was like, oh, you know what else would be funny for this? <laughs> you like, often think about how you're going to get me next time. <laughs> but anyway, dash 2015 dash 2023 would be great. No, I think, excuse me. I'm giving you at least four weeks. That's mm. <laughs> mm. don't don't love that, man. You're gonna feel so bad if I die in 2023. Like you're gonna feel so bad. Yeah, I won't like that either. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna write you out of the will if I die. I'm gonna write specifically in it if I pass in I'm 2023. Not in the will. You don't know that. <laughs> that a risk you're willing to take? That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I do want the candy bar. Yeah, no, and finally a helmet. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm going to give you my very first go-karting helmet. Uh, all right, I'm going well, back to bed. I'm going to go uh, go get a physical done. So Okay, I'm going to go. Don't forget to get naked. I'm going <laughs> to go fly to Florida and help Punter Ray with his Raising for Cancer charity. So, yeah, I'm going to go do that. Send pics. See you in a couple days. This has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We're at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though I have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. The music you heard on this episode is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. You can find him online at hollandpattonpubliclibrary.com. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean fit. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.